0: 7FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday. Hour number two of Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Farrell, this is Steve Zinsmeister, Trevor Henry behind the glass. We just had a great conversation with ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks. And if you didn't get a chance to hear it, we'll put the podcast up later. No worries. Also, we're going to recap basically everything he said right now because the big story here in the Valley, in case you've been living under a rock or live in a different state hi mom hi dad kevin durant wants a trade from the brooklyn nets
1: and at the top of his priority list is the phoenix suns and we have learned from john gambadoro's reporting that the phoenix suns are now turning their attention to acquiring kevin Full attention they're going to try to acquire him yeah so the
0: anticipation has been high the blood has been racing so to speak
1: Hearts hearts are pounding. Here are the okay. two biggest things I heard from Bobby Marks in our last segment. Go check out the podcast when it's up later. Um, number one, what does Brooklyn want? That's the question that we have been pondering for the last couple of days. And he says he doesn't think Brooklyn will want picks. Particularly picks from the Suns, which are not going to be of high value. At They're least be not right, right now. Firsts. Yeah, yeah. at least for the next couple of years. But granted, because of the rule in the NBA where you can only trade every other year's picks, you can't trade multiple back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. So some of these picks, let's assume they need four picks, right? You're going to be trading 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029. I yeah. mean, most of these players that we're talking about aren't even going to be in the league in 2029. So, uh, yeah, there might be some value to a 2029 Suns pick, but for all intents and purposes, the immediate future, these picks aren't going to be worth much because you're giving Durant to the Suns. The second thing that I heard him say that is of extreme importance, yes, he thinks that a deal cannot get done for Durant without Mikel Bridges being in that deal. Which is... It's kind of how I felt. It's slightly
0: contrary to the report that we got from Gamble yesterday where he implied that... Maybe the Suns are able to do this deal without involving Mikael Bridges. Yeah, he, which he did say maybe. In fairness, you and I thought
1: was highly optimistic, right? Uh yeah. I, I. Well, it's not that I'm calling him a liar or whatever. I just, no. I've never foreseen a scenario, especially after Gambo reported that DeAndre Ayton, uh, that the Nets did not want him. Now Bobby Marks told us it's not so much want; it's that they can't really afford. To yeah. bring Aiton there's, on board, there's a there's a financial reason part of it. So this. for that reason, if we're led to assume that Aiton does not go to Brooklyn in this deal, mm-hmm. that means other assets are going to have to entice them. And Aiton was the biggest piece of a potential trade to Brooklyn when we first started thinking about this. And if it's not him, what do they want? And Bobby says it's not Aiton. It's not the picks. What's left to entice them? It's got to
0: be Bridges. And you have to think Bridges is the one you want because you won't have to worry about contractually what you'll handle with him. He's starting a four-year deal this year, and it's a very good cost at $90 million over that four years. Whereas, opposed to, say, it's Cam Johnson that they want,
1: well, Maybe he's going to be in the final season of his rookie deal. so It might take both. You have to I it think it, it will likely will take both. It might. Especially if Aiton's not going to Brooklyn. So we've talked uh, a lot about Utah, right? Because Gamble reported yesterday, Utah is... Reportedly interested in discussing what it would take to get DeAndre Ayton. Yes. Doesn't mean that they're going to. No. Uh, but this is big because it's the first team we've heard about that has interest a true in connection Ayton. to Ayton. Yes. Right. So that throws a wrinkle in too, because according to Bobby Marks in our interview with him uh, just a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. he talked about how Utah is trying to rebuild. That was the word he used. Now, I'm over here thinking, yeah, they traded Rudy Gobert for a lot of picks and a couple of throwaway players yesterday. But at the same time, you still have the rest of your team intact. You still have Donovan Mitchell, who's a star in this league. And if you do a one-for-one kind of trade, you know, where you get Ayton and the Suns get some pieces or whatever, if they do that deal, you're pairing Ayton with Mitchell. Yeah. Your team is not dramatically worse than they were a year ago. But the, I don't think they're going to try super hard to win. Not super, at hard. least on the but surface. That's, but that's not a rebuild. If they were really trying to rebuild, wouldn't they have? Mo- wouldn't they want to move Mitchell for picks too? I would think so. Or or players or young players, whatever. But granted, the reports that were coming out
0: after the Gobert Bear trade was that they were going to now focus on building around Mitchell. Right. It's similar to what Portland is doing. Right. You have two big stars in Lillard and McCollum, and you decide we're not going in a positive direction. You move on from the coach. You move on from front office staff and you move on from one of the two big names McCullin. and you decide to focus on the other Lillard right maybe it's similar with Utah where they decide all right this is not working coach decides to leave front office is reduxed re reduxed There, it's a do over and w- then you words move, are hard, and, and you- <laughs> this is why i get into t- <laughs> this is why i got into talking who gave <laughs>
1: us a radio show
0: professional talker says and then you move off of one of the big names and it looks like it's Gobert and right. not Mitchell. We don't know what this will become
1: yet. It's we just, may not know until like another week. There's so many factors. I know I know it seems simple, right? The Suns want Durant. Durant wants the Suns. <laughs> Can we just make it happen? Yeah. But it's so difficult because A, he's under contract, yep. and the Nets will want to uh get offers from Every team that wants Durant, they're not just checking in with the Suns. Other teams are making their pitches right now. Yes. So that's a factor. Then you have to factor in, like we talked about, what do the Nets want? Do they want picks? Do they want players? Do they want to be competitive? Kyrie Irving just opted in. Do we trade him or do we keep him and try to be competitive with him and Ben Simmons and maybe uh, maybe an Aiden or a Bridges or whatever? And I mean, it sounds like from what Bobby said that they
0: still want to remain that way. So right. I don't think they're going to be quick to dump Ben Simmons. Right. you know they gave up factor. to get him. Ben yeah. Simmons
1: hasn't played basketball in 14 months. I mean, I, I, I've I been jokingly on the show saying he's not even a basketball player. He doesn't play basketball. He wears green leather. And so there's a lot of question marks. And I think a lot of Brooklyn fans, after hearing the news about Durant wanting out, they immediately turned their attention to, all right, let's blow this thing up. Let's blow it up. Let's get picks. Let's yep. get some young players in yep. here. Get what you can for Durant. Get what you can for Irving. Maybe even get what you can for Ben Simmons and let's blow this thing up because it didn't work. And I get that. I get that sentiment. Yeah, Because it happens so many, all the time when this happens. There are so many legs to this. I know it sounds simple. Durant wants to be here. They want him here. But it's not that simple.
0: You just gotta figure out the money. You gotta figure out where where is the line and what you're willing to give up. And it sounds like whether you trust one report or the other, I think in some way, at the end of the day, Mikel Bridges is going to be involved. I don't know how, but I feel like he's going to be involved.
1: Yeah, I, I love Gambo's confidence yesterday. He, he said, you know what, I feel like there's a way to do this without giving up Mikel Bridges. And that's really the big hang-up for a lot of Suns fans, is I will do a deal... I, Ditch anybody on the team. Most people seem comfortable with moving on from Cam Johnson if you're getting Durant back. Mm-hmm. It hurts, don't get me wrong. I love Cam Johnson. I think he's a key part of what they do here. Yeah. Um, but if you're getting Durant, I think people are cool with that. It's once you start talking Cam and Mikkel, now people are starting to, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. That's That's a great shooter and a great defender and a guy who's evolving as a scorer and they're on team-friendly deals. That's really hard to swallow, losing both of them, potentially. Gambo says he thinks they can do it without Mikel. I don't know. I don't, I don't have that optimism that Gambo seems to have. It just, Especially after talking with Bobby, he is convinced that Brooklyn's going to want Bridges. How about this
0: optimism, then? Ayton having no effect on this Kevin Durant deal? That makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Because what did we talk about at the beginning? He might be the stick of dynamite to this whole thing, whereas Bobby's looking at it and saying, "No, doesn't matter what Aiden does," and I think he's right, given that Brooklyn doesn't want Aiden. So you're not forced to move Aiden
1: in a deal with Kevin Durant involved. I think an Aiden deal could act separately of this whole thing. You and I talked yeah. about this yesterday, actually, where I the Utah thing, which Gamble reported, Utah is interested at least somewhat in talking about in discussing, Aiden. yeah. They'll pick up the phone if the Suns call. You could called. do a one-to-one trade. And I don't mean one player for one player. I mean, like, uh, one team to one team. Yeah. You could do a two-team trade where you trade Ayton to Utah and they give back, I don't know, let's just throw out the name. Bogdanovich was mentioned. Gambo said that they might be willing to move Jordan off Jordan of Clarkson him. is not necessarily maybe Clarkson, off limits. And maybe if they're willing to give up a pick or two for Ayton, I don't know what they're willing to give up there. You could do that deal separate of Durant and then flip assets with what you already have and what you acquire for Ayton to then get Durant. That's a possibility too. It's just, it's so many moving pieces and I feel like, I feel like this is going to happen in the next 48 hours. We're going to find out in the next 48 hours. That's my hope. I'm going to hold you to that. Well, I mean, it's not up to me, but I'm hopeful.
0: You know what else was not up to you? Most things. USC and UCLA deciding to fly east for football. Yeah. We got to talk about this next on Arizona Sports Saturday.
1: Cash rooms, everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. Arizona Sports goes local. It's
0: Arizona Sports Saturday, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station.
1: This is a monumental change, though. OU in Texas was big. This is huge, and now you have these two super conferences flexing their muscles and clearly separated from everybody else.
0: That was ESPN's Heather Dinich back on June 30th when the news broke that USC and UCLA said, so long Pac-12, we're off to the Big Ten. Mitch Vareldis, Steve Zinsmeister back here with you in the Oxygen Community Studio, Trevor Henry behind the glass. I got to tell you, when, when this broke, it's kind of unfortunate, because it broke on the same day that Kevin Durant announced he wanted a trade, and his top options included the Phoenix Suns. So clearly, there was not a lot of room to talk about this the past two days, but I'm, I'm furious. Why? At the conference, to say the least. The oh, Pac-12 okay, yeah. conference. Like, are you serious? You just let two of your strongest schools walk because you were playing hardball for way too long and never actually won anything. I'm not mad at George Klievkoff. This is none of his fault. I'm mad at Larry Scott for basically driving the Pac-12 conference into the ground, maybe even into the molten core of the earth.
1: This conference is dead. Like, that's it. They're late to the table. Very late. I heard a statement yesterday from, I think I saw that the the board of the Pac-12 was meeting and they were going to discuss options for expansion. Too late. Yep. <laughs> you are too late. I mean, this starts way before USC and UCLA. This starts way before Texas and Oklahoma, who haven't even made the switch yet from the Big 12 to the SAC. This is the first big one for me. The first big, big one. Yep is Texas A&M and Missouri going from the Big 12 to the SEC. Missouri, eh, whatever. But but Texas A&M... that was a big move at the time. Because that was the first one where everyone went, oh, regionality doesn't really matter? Nope. We can just join whatever conference we want? Yep. We can just play the big boys all every week? The NCAA doesn't govern football at all? And if you're the Pac-12 right now, what you need to be doing... Because the SEC is growing. Yep. Big 10 is growing. Yep. The Big 12 is bleeding. And the Pac-12 is bleeding, and if you're the Pac-12, you need to look over at the Big 12, and you need to beat them, whatever that means. If that means plucking schools from the Big 12, so be it. But you are both the runt of the litter right now, and one of you is probably going to die, if not both. You know what the irony? Metaphorically, of course. You know what the irony of the situation
0: is? Everybody is saying that all these schools remaining in the Pac-12, including ASU
1: and U of A. Should try and jump ship and join the Big Twelve. Okay, but there's a difference between what's best for the schools individually and what's best for the conference. Right now, I'm just on the conference, right? If sure, you're the Pac-12. Sure, I just find you're trying it, to survive.
0: I just find it funny that these two conferences are competing, and the first thing that is mentioned is, "Oh, well, these guys should try to jump ship and just join that conference instead." So it's already clear to me that one of these two
1: conferences between the Big Twelve and the Pac-12 already has the edge, and it's not the Pac-12. Well, and I'll start here too. Why did these two schools, two of the premier schools in the Pac-12, decide to go to the Big Ten? It's pretty simple for me. There's money. I don't know if you can hear my fingers. Hey, uh, what uh, what channel are Big Ten football games on? Oh, Fox. Fox. They get Fox there's Sports. It's a, a network, I believe. Right? Yeah, it's That's a, a big pretty network. big network. Okay, it's a lot of money in that. What channel are Pac-12 games on? Um, the Pac. 12 network, I believe. How many people get the Pac 12 network? Um, I don't think a lot of people do. Nobody gets nobody on direct TV. That's for sure. Nobody. I'm, I'm, I know that some people do obviously, but in reality, I want to play on Fox on Saturdays. Me too. I want to play my, uh, my road games at the shoe, at the big house against Penn State. Even Michigan State, Wisconsin, those are big deals. Yeah. Huge. UCLA and USC, I mean, like other than playing each other and, and Oregon is probably the other big one. Playing against playing in Tucson doesn't mean anything. No. Playing in Pullman doesn't mean anything. Corvallis, even at Stanford doesn't really mean what it used to Not even to. in Berkeley. No. I mean, we could list the whole conference at this point, and we'll point out how superior these two are. And let's be honest, too. Like, when UCLA and, U- and USC, just talking football right now, Yeah, when they put their schedules together in the Big Ten, the Big Ten is not going to acquire these two schools and then put them up against Rutgers and Maryland. No, no, no. They're going to want to pair them with the big dogs. They're going to put them up especially against Michigan out of the gate, Michigan State. Yeah. This is a big acquisition. It goes both ways. They want to be a part of something bigger. And the Big Ten wants to acquire good schools. Right now, the Big Ten's looking at the SEC, and they're saying, all right, how can we do what they're doing? How can we get a Texas and Oklahoma? And you can argue all day long whether Texas and Oklahoma are better and bigger than UCLA and USC, but the truth is they're poaching the West Coast. Yep. And think about what this is going to do for recruiting, too. Not just for the schools that are involved in this switch, but for somewhat middling schools in the Big in the Big Ten. Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska—this is a big boost to recruiting on the West Coast. Now, the Ohio states, the Michigans, the Penn states—they already do that. They already get people from. Yeah, they both get California coasts. kids, and sure. they get them because they know they already have a competitive school, Absolutely. or a competitive program. Everything about this switch makes sense to me, both for the schools and for the conference that's acquiring them. Of course, but if you're the Pac-12, you're looking around today, going, "What just happened?" And you should have seen it coming. And they should have done everything, not only to acquire new schools, but to keep the ones you have. I just and you couldn't even do that. Their immediate reaction, of course, is, "Oh, we're disappointed.
0: This is this is outrageous. How could they do this?" Well, I'll 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 explain to you what happened. Uh You set yourself up for this by not doing anything about it while Larry Scott was commissioner, while spending a ton of money to have your headquarters in San Francisco, which is egregious compared to where other
1: conferences headquarter their they're themselves in football, by the way, it is always going to be at the top of the, the conversation just because of, you know, the revenue involved. Mm-hmm. But think about some of the smaller sports, too. And, and I think about basketball. UCLA is not a great football school, but they're they've a got heck of a basketball school. They got history. And USC certainly has history as well in both of those sports. So it's mm-hmm. to me, it's such a significant move. And the Pac 12 just lost two of their highest revenue tr- generating athletic departments. And probably two of their biggest recruiting spots,
0: too. I mean, they think, just lost LA. Think about the summer that USC, or I guess not the summer, think about the winter that USC football had for a second. In case you forgot, they got Lincoln Riley as their head coach. In case you forgot, they got quarterback Caleb Williams coming over from Oklahoma to join Lincoln Riley, among a plethora of others. They just got the Bolitnikov winner wide receiver from Pittsburgh. They just got Eric Gentry from ASU. You're telling me
1: that this isn't a huge loss? You're lying to yourself. Now, if you're the Pac-12 and you're trying to survive this, you're trying to be another super conference, right? I guess technically you're the Pac-10 now again. Um, get out those old mugs and t-shirts we've talked about expansion for a long time Mm -hmm. you know there was there was rumors about you know would they go after boise state from the mountain west at the time uh would you try to acquire one of the new mexico schools that does nothing for you it's crazy to think of the teams that you have to think of now right or the schools i should say So forget about regionality because the the big 10 forgot about it yep the i mean even the big 12 they went and got west virginia That didn't make any sense at the time. Nope, but they got it. The SEC gets Texas A&M, Missouri, which I guess is pretty close by. Um, So if you're the Pac-12, who should you be looking at right now? Should you be looking at the bleeding Big 12? But who's left there to acquire? You can't replace USC and UCLA with Baylor, TCU. Who are the big dogs left in the Big 12 once Texas and Oklahoma are gone? Oklahoma State? Could you get Oklahoma State? I I mean, that's what you're looking at right now. I think the closest is Baylor. If you want improvement in both sports. Baylor and Oklahoma State are probably the two biggest that I can think of off the top of my head. Whoa, That doesn't get me excited at all. It doesn't fill the gap. No. But if you're Pac-12 and you're trying to survive this, you have to do something.
0: It's got to make Thanksgiving dinner awkward when the alliance all sits together at the table. Remember when the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC said that they were going to work together, try and stay stronger?
1: I don't think there was anything in there about poaching each other's schools. And also, at what point are we going to start changing the names of these conferences to reflect the actual number of teams? Well, or, or or hell, how about revolutionary this? Revolutionary idea. Forget the number. Come Forge- up with a name for the conference. The SEC is going to feature two teams from the Southwest.
0: How much sense does that make?
1: Yeah. Well, the SEC is fortunate in their naming because they don't have a number. I mean, look, it, let's they be, do
0: say Southeastern.
1: Let's be realistic. We all know that the numbers are going
0: to vanish. The names are going to vanish. Well, they're the Big 16 this is, right now. This is just going to become two big conferences duking it out every single year. That's what we're getting towards.
1: By the way, most of these things don't take effect for a few years. They're still going to be a pain in our butt for it hurts a now. Years. It, and, it, yeah, hurts it hurts right now. now. It does, and it'll hurt again in whatever amount of years it takes to do this. Coming up next, does DeAndre Aiden
0: finally have a true suitor for a sign and trade? Sounds like we do. That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98 7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday.
1: It is Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister, Mitch Burrell, this with you. Thanks so much for spending part of your weekend with us. We're all sitting on the edge of our seats just waiting to find out if Kevin Durant will be a member of the Phoenix Suns at some point this weekend. Like, please, tell us. That would be a nice little 4th of July gift.
0: Some extra fireworks since there's... Isn't there like a ban on fireworks in Arizona this
1: year? Uh, Yeah, everyone's canceling their shows. Oh my gosh. Most of the municipalities are canceling. Obviously, there's always drought concerns and fire concerns. Mm -hmm. Or in the D-backs case, they can't open the roof. Um, But (laughs) That's right. They cancel their fireworks on Monday. Yeah, it's It's real sad. It's really sad. Um, But the biggest wrinkle probably in all of this is from what we've learned about DeAndre Ayton. We all know he's a restricted free agent and that he could get a max. He wants a max offer, obviously. We're not so sure if he's going to get it. And then we find out that not a lot of teams are interested in him, but maybe one team is? The Utah Jazz have interest in discussing a sign-and-trade deal for Suns' restricted free agent, DeAndre Ayton. This is huge because this is the first team that we know of that we can associate with having interest
0: in DeAndre Ayton. That would have to be a sign-and-trade because the Jazz do not have cap space.
1: They just traded Rudy Gobert. They're interested in a younger, more cost-efficient center. So the Utah Jazz do have interest in exploring a trade for the Suns' DeAndre Ayton. As John Gambadoro, uh, yesterday, reporting that the Utah Jazz are pretty much the only team we've heard about that might have interest yeah, in DeAndre Ayton. Like, remember, there's steps to this, so they have interest in discussions of a sign and trade.
0: This is not; they are interested in trading for. This is there's we're a big talking difference about
1: talking about talking
0: about Ayton. This is the Coyotes getting approval to begin discussions to build a new arena in Tempe, right?
1: So, I, vote, I vote yes on starting the conversation about voting uh, whether we're going to vote on the <laughs> arena. You're totally right. That's essentially what this is. So we don't even have the certainty of knowing that they want like they definitely yeah, they, want. A, we don't know if they're fully interested. We
0: just know that they will entertain discussions. They're considering it. Yes. Now, let's ask the question. Is this the best option? For DeAndre Ayton and for the Suns. Like him personally? Sure.
1: Uh, Well, I don't know how many other options are in front of them. So
0: here's the thing. You're not letting Ayton go for nothing.
1: No. Not for nothing, as Gambo would say.
0: So you have to figure out what are you going to get back. So what are you going to get back? What kind of pieces does Utah have left in this uh, retool, let's call it. They just shipped off Rudy Gobert yesterday. In this retool that they're doing. So like, what would you want in
1: return? So yesterday, they shipped out Gobert for what was essentially four first-round picks. And three players. And three players, one four of them. Four players. And one of them is a guy they got in the first round yes, this year. So correct. it's essentially a fifth first-round pick. Um So they've got a lot of assets from that trade. I don't know how many of them they'd be willing to flip for Aiton. Are they looking to pair Aiton with Donovan Mitchell long-term? I think that's what it appears like they might do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gambo mentioned yesterday that they would be willing to move off of Boyan Bogdanovich. Sorry, that's really hard to say. Bogdanovich, that he would be an asset they'd be willing to move. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing there would have to be some other pieces involved to salary match for whatever it is that you're signing Aiton to. Yeah, you'd probably throw in one of your expirings into that deal. And at this point, it's looking like it's probably less than the max that he wants.
0: That he's going to get. Yeah, like that's the other part of this is that Utah is probably not going to say, yep, we'll give you 30 a year. That's that's not going to happen. What Bobby Marks told us about an hour ago is that it's likely to now fall into the low to mid 20s per year,
1: which makes some sense. And then you don't have to insert as much in the return to salary match. Yep. I don't know how many of those picks they're looking to move off of. I don't know if they would move off their own picks or if they'd move off the Minnesota picks they just got. I don't know if they're actually going to get any picks back for Aiden. This is a guess. I, I don't let know. Be,
0: let me be clear. This is a guess. I don't think Utah would have tried as hard to get as many picks as they did yesterday. Just to turn around. Just to turn them. around and move them for Ayton. I don't think that was their plan. Which is why I don't think that they are fully engaged on discussions.
1: They're interested. I don't think they're fully engaged, though. That's a guess. So you asked me what's the best option for Ayton, Because another option, or at least what we all kind of assumed in the beginning, was that maybe you include Ayton in the deal for Durant and mm-hmm. ship him to Brooklyn. Right. Where he would then pair up with Kyrie Irving, who just opted in, and with Ben Simmons, who is still there, hasn't played basketball in almost two years, but still, that would have been an enticing option for for Ayton because it means you're on a competitive team. Yes. You're playing for Steve Nash, uh, you're playing with a superstar at point guard and a real up-and-comer in Ben Simmons. Yes. Uh, that would be probably the better option in terms of uh, winning basketball games. Pairing with Donovan Mitchell is not a bad option either for him, I don't think. And you could maybe be the number two option on that Utah Jazz team. So, But the problem is not a lot of this is up to Aiton. But what he's doing at at this very second, what he and his agents are doing is they're trying to go around finding a restricted free agency offer sheet that they can then take back to the Suns and say, okay, sign it and match it or let me go for nothing and I'm going to go play there. So let's
0: make one thing clear, though. The Suns are not going to let Aiton go for nothing. Based off all the reporting that we've heard, the Suns are not going to just let Aiton go.
1: So they're going to get something from him. Yeah. But what? I don't know how many trade partners they have. And you know what? They may come out and they may surprise us and they may may do a deal with a team no one's really talking all that much about. I heard... There was uh,
0: discussions of the who's the
1: sleeper team in all this. Who's not getting talked about? So yesterday... I was listening to Gambo and Kellen Olson, who's our son's Insider at ArizonaSports.com, and Gambo asked him to make a lunch bet. Hey, who is Aiton going to be playing for? Wasn't that the bet? I think it was, who's Aiton going to be playing for? Gambo took Utah, and Kellen took San Antonio. Despite there being almost no Oh, I think that was rumblings. our poll question. Was that the poll question?
0: The bet that they made was when Durant was going to become a Sun. Okay, got it. But our poll question had to do with, is Aiton a... Sun, is he a member of the Jazz, or is it the
1: field? Even still, Kellen took San Antonio. And I think that whether it's San Antonio or another team, maybe it's Indiana, Bobby Marks talked with us about Indiana, the possibilities. Uh, We've talked about Atlanta being a possibility. I don't know if that's still in play. But there is still a chance that there's a team out there that's going to come out of nowhere. And it's going to surprise all of us. Utah is just the one we know about. Mm -hmm. That's the only one we know about. San Antonio would be interesting only because they just traded away what
0: would have been the perfect pairing for Aiden in DeJounte Murray. They traded him to Atlanta. Right. And then you mentioned Atlanta, who maybe they decide to move off of Clint Capella. We know that Boyan, or not Boyan, Bogdan Bogdanovich is, you know, very similar to his brother, three and Former
1: son. Right. Sort of.
0: So there's, there's some options over there if that becomes the sign and trade place. I'm kind of with you, though. Like, it feels like his market has completely soured. It's either nobody wants to pay him the max, which is kind of what is becoming of this. Or nobody wants Aiton at all, which.
1: <laughs> damn, if you're the sons, because then it feels like you're just kind of stuck with him. Well, and I've been saying this on the show for the last couple of weeks, and I don't know if I still believe this, but I've been saying that the most likely scenario is still that DeAndre Aiton is a son next season. Just because that's the easiest path, not necessarily the right path or the one that they even want to go down. Right, but it's the easiest. All you have to do is match an offer sheet or sign them to a number that you like. That's the easiest path. The most, probably the most likely. I don't know if I believe that anymore. Now that I feel more confident that Kevin Durant wants to be in Phoenix, because we talked about this earlier. Who has more leverage, the Nets or Durant? And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about Durant coming up, so maybe I'll save it, but. I honestly think that that scenario of Durant coming to Phoenix is becoming more likely by the day. And for that reason... By the hour. Yeah, exactly. And so for that reason, I feel like Ayton could be on the move sooner rather than later. And maybe it's not even in the same deal. Ayton doesn't have to be in the same deal. It doesn't have to be a three-team trade where he goes somewhere and Durant comes here. They could do a deal with Utah and get some assets and then flip them to Brooklyn. It could happen that way. Can I throw a curveball?
0: You always do. Is there a way that this Phoenix Suns team has both Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton next year? Bobby Marks seemed to suggest that that was a possibility. I can tell you one thing's for sure. Ayton is not getting a max if that's the case. It just, I don't know how that would
1: work financially. That couldn't work
0: financially. Well, so you would invest heavily into four guys if that's the case. Which means that somebody's got to go and
1: that somebody is likely Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, and we talked about that with Bobby as well. And he basically said, if it's not and what would Brooklyn want other than
0: Mikel? He sees this as one of those. Remember, we talked about deals like the Anthony Davis deal and the Paul George deal. There had to be somebody going back. In the Anthony Davis deal, I think it was Brandon Ingram. I think that's become increasingly it's probably clear. Probably the biggest
1: piece. In Josh Hart was in that deal. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball was in that Julius deal. Julius Randle was in that deal. That's true.
0: In the Paul George deal, when he got sent to the Clippers, Shea Gilgis, Alexand- Shea Gilgis Alexander, that's a hard name to say, that's by the really way. a really hard name. That was the piece going back. Yeah. So Mikael Bridges, what Bobby was saying, is the equivalent of a Brandon Ingram slash Lonzo Ball
1: or a Shea Gilgis Alexander. So let me ask you this. Is Cam Johnson that piece? Because I don't think Cam Johnson is as enticing as either I don't of those think, two players. I don't
0: think Cam Johnson is that piece if Mikhail Bridges is already that piece. Okay, that's an answer to a different question. So let me put it this way. Is there a way that both of them go to Brooklyn? Yeah. I think there's a way both of them go to Brooklyn. But if there's a situation where only one of them goes to Brooklyn, I think it's Mikhail Bridges and not Cam Johnson. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Because I think Mikael Bridges has done enough to become a better shooter. And he was already really good defensively. Runner-up or defensive player of the year.
1: It seems pretty obvious to me that Brooklyn's going to try to model this trade after one of the other mega trades you just mentioned. Like Anthony Davis, Paul George. Those are the two best, most recent examples of mega stars being on the move yep. and what the deal might look like. And with the context of the Gobert trade yesterday and what they got for him the DeJounte Murray trade and what they got for him. Uh, players are going, Christian Wood even, players are getting moved for a ton of picks right now and some garbage-throwing players, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's not how the Durant deal is going to look in the end. You're not going to be able to just move Jay Crowder, Campaign, Tory Craig, Dario Saric, and I don't know, another player on the team. But like, if you throw those four or five guys in there and throw in a bunch of picks, I don't think Brooklyn does that deal. What what use do they have for the entire Suns bench unit and four first-round picks that might not have a lot of value? They might not have any use. So let's further the question then. Yep. What does it take if they're going to get Durant in the next 48 hours? Which I feel like they're going to. What's it going to take? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday.
0: 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports. It's Arizona Sports Saturday.
1: Thanks for spending part of your weekend here with us. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. Mitch Mereldis with me as well on Arizona Sports Saturday. This from Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix. Okay. The Nets have set a high asking price for Durant. How high is it? And they don't seem willing to come down from it. He goes further, quote, Brooklyn's Kay. asking price, rival executives familiar with the situation told Sports Illustrated, is steep. Two all-star caliber talents and a cache of draft picks. If a team does not have that, one executive said, the response has been, quote, will go out and get it. <laughs> go get it and bring it back to us. Now, he goes Ooh, on further boy. to talk about several teams, right? Like. Teams that even have these options available to them. The Celtics are mentioned. They have Jalen Brown. They can move off of some other pieces. He talks about the Suns specifically. Would you like to hear what he has to say? Yes. Hit me. The Suns, who are one of the teams Durant reportedly prefers, could offer DeAndre Ayton and Macal Bridges. But the Nets may want newly extended Devin Booker included instead. <laughs> now, there's a couple problems with this. Number one. The Suns are not going to move Devin Booker. Yeah, that that's that's not happening. That's the number one and only problem. That's not going to happen. But what are the other problems? The other problem is John Gambador reported this week that the Nets aren't interested in DeAndre Ayton. Nope. That they don't want him. And he got
0: double confirmation on that. So you have to imagine that he's hearing that from multiple parties. So then the question
1: is, if it's not Booker, if it's not Ayton, certainly seems like Bridges needs to be included there. Mm-hmm or you somehow have to go find the other all-star caliber player that you're sending to Brooklyn cuz do they view Cam Johnson as that all-star caliber player? I uh, maybe? I don't know. Look, everybody's
0: opinion on individuals is all based off of their own opinion. I look, that's a that's a very stupid way of saying they could see something in Cam Johnson that the Suns don't. Doesn't matter. When they want when they say two all-star caliber level players that doesn't have to mean, like, oh, they have to be all-stars. Camp, we don't know what Cam Johnson could be as a regular starter. He's had spot starts. But we don't know what he's fully capable of as a full-time starter.
1: Maybe Brooklyn sees something in him. Would you have to, as the Suns, would you have to flip a bunch of assets to get that other all-star caliber player? I don't know who that is. I don't know who's looking to rebuild right now. Is Utah willing to go full rebuild and ditch Donovan Mitchell? And you somehow acquire Donovan Mitchell to then flip to the Nets? Or you do a three-team deal where Donovan Mitchell goes back to Brooklyn and Aiden goes to Utah and Durant comes here and then a bunch of other assets and picks get moved as well? I think at the end of the day, based off of all these reports,
0: what we know now about Utah being interested in talking about DeAndre Aiden signing trades... And our conversation with Bobby Marks about an hour ago, this is leaning very heavily to a multi-team deal. It's going to have to
1: be. Three, if not four teams. Whether it's in one trade or multiple trades that kind of intermingle, you know, like one has to, we have to do this deal to clear space for this deal. It's looking like it's going to take a lot. ESPN's Kevin
0: Pelton, he did a story on possible Kevin Durant deals we'd like to see. The Suns I'm I'm spitballing here. I'm trying to remember as best I can. But it was a four-team deal. Essentially, the Nets would get Bridges, Johnson, and Josh Richardson. Or was it Aiton and Josh Richardson? Essentially, the four teams are the Suns, the Nets, the Spurs, and the Lakers. And essentially, this would also double as the way that Kyrie gets to go to L.A. and Russ gets dumped on San Antonio. And frankly, based off of all the reporting that we have now,
1: I don't see any of that happening. What's funny about that to me is like, I could see a scenario where a team like uh, San Antonio is just completely re- rebuilding and they take on everybody's picks, right? In one of those deals. Mm-hmm. And then they take on a guy like Russ because they don't anticipate winning anyway. And they just let him go out and have a triple double every night. You know what I mean? Like a team takes on that caliber of player, not because they think they're going to win with Russ, but just because, hey, we know we're not going to be good for the length of his contract anyway. And he's the only guy we're playing or we're paying. So let's just let him go out there and get a triple-double every night. Yeah. He could be the best player in the league, and we could stink, but we're rebuilding. Get some visual revenue, too. It's something I could envision. I don't know if it'll happen. This whole thing yeah, is just I, such a mess. Yeah, it's... Again, it's, I'll go back to the SI report. This is crazy. Chris Mannix says the Nets have set a very high asking price for Durant. And they should, by the way.
0: It should be the highest asking price
1: in the history of asking prices. Two all-star caliber talents... And a cache of draft picks. Now that's interesting because we talked to Bobby Marks from ESPN earlier and he said that he doesn't think that Brooklyn would want draft picks. Particularly from the Suns. A lot of those to, like a 2023 and a 2025 pick will probably not have a lot of value. No,
0: they're probably, probably not lottery picks. First rounds they're picks. not lottery picks, guaranteed.
1: Um, maybe if somehow Utah's involved and you get some of their picks, or if you get some of Minnesota's picks that went to Utah in the Gobert deal, maybe those have some value to them. If picks are offered, they're not going to be protected either. Probably not. It'll probably look like what Minnesota had to give
0: up to Utah, which was three unprotecteds and then one top five protected.
1: So earlier, you and I talked about the last two major superstar trades we could think of were Anthony Davis from New Orleans to L.A., and also Paul George from Oklahoma City to L.A., the Clippers, (laughs) and... We were talking about who holds leverage here, the Nets or Kevin Durant. And I understand, I mean, I even heard Gambo talking about it yesterday, uh, You know that the Nets have a lot of leverage here because Durant is under contract. He's got a four-year deal. They can go out and try to uh, pitch him to a bunch of other teams, all 29 other teams, and see who has the best offer. They can move him to, I don't know, Orlando if they come up with the best deal. I'm just making up a team that he wouldn't want to play for. Right. But here's the thing. These players have a ton... Of leverage these days. Way more than they ever did. Even when they're under contract for a long time. Anthony Davis was in New Orleans and wanted to play where? L.A. For the Lakers. The Lakers. Where did he end up going? The Lakers. Paul George wanted to go to? The Clippers. The Clippers. And he went where? The Clippers. The Clippers. These things tend to go the direction the player wants. I'm not saying that the Nets have no leverage here. At
0: the same time, it's not like the Lakers and the Pelicans didn't cough up anything.
1: Yeah. So, like, the Suns are going to be forking over some pretty pennies. And also, too, in those deals, we talked about the returns earlier, if the Nets want two all-star caliber talents and a bunch of draft picks, did either of those teams get two all-star caliber players? Brandon Ingram... And Julius Randle eventually
0: became an all-star and okay. became a um, sick. No, not sixth man. Most improved player last, not last year, but the year before when he was with the Knicks. So I guess technically, yes. And also Lonzo Ball. Yes. Did
1: he, he's not an all-star. He's runner. not an all-star. No, but pretty, pretty decent player in the league. He though. had a really good season last year with Chicago until he got hurt. And this has all-star caliber, not player who has been an all-star, so I mean I'm led to believe that potential matters here and as far as the Clippers, they're really banking on Shea Gillil just Alexander obviously, is Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson enough to entice Brooklyn if you throw and it says a cash I mean, some you picks. throw five first round picks plus a couple other picks from another team, is that enough? I don't know there's probably going to
0: have to be a little bit more money moved
1: that's the number. So there one might
0: be a contract dump of like a Craig
1: or a Crowder. The number one thing I want to learn, like if there's more reporting to be done on this before a trade actually happens, here's what I want to learn. I want to learn what do the Nets want? Do they want to rebuild around Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and try to win now? Oof. It sounds like they want two players to pair with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and then also draft picks. To well, what makes it lost. difficult
0: is because Kyrie's
1: on an expiring
0: contract. Right. And there's a very high chance that Brooklyn is not going to want
1: him back after that year. Which is why they want multiple young, controllable, all-star caliber talent. So I'm sure this year
0: they're going to save face and try and remain competitive if they have to give away their best player. But when Kyrie's off the books, they're probably going to start over.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't ask for two all-star caliber players without wanting to be somewhat competitive. Well, yeah. Like, they're not going but that full does, rebuild. But that doesn't here. mean you're going to be good. No, but they're not going full rebuild. No. They're not blowing it up. No. Well, they, they are kind of blowing not it up. Not yet. Not by choice. Not yet. Man. There's so many moving pieces
0: here. When do you think this gets done, by the way? Uh, it's apparently not getting done within the next, uh, f- what, how long do we have, 40 seconds or something no, like that? No, I
1: didn't mean during our show. Do you expect this will be done by Monday night at the end of the 4th of July? You know what? I'm going to roll with July 4th. You think it'll happen on July 4th? Yeah, I think so to be quite the fireworks
0: show we, we've Kevin made the, we've made the, the, the pun Suns. enough times you understand where i'm leaning with it here some orange and purple fireworks this weekend it's going to be big and then booker's going to be announced as the 2k cover athlete it'll be a fantastic
1: sun summer hey thanks so much for checking out the show this weekend for mitch this for trevor henry behind the glass i'm steve zinsmeister you've been listening to arizona sports saturday here on 98.7 fm arizona sports station